I speak to you in the name of the risen Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. All right, Episcopalians. Alleluia! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Come on. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen. Amen, amen, alleluia. It is great to be with all of you this evening. I want to start off by welcoming members of Calvary Front Royal, Emmanuel Delaplane, and Leeds Church, uh, who are here with us this evening. It's always good when extended family gets together, and it's good to be able to be in fellowship with you on this holiest of nights. We are honored by your presence here with us at Grace this evening. I also want to welcome the newest member of our family, Alex. We welcome you into the household of God and Holy Mother Church rejoices and is filled with joy in your baptism today. Let's welcome Alex into our family. I know that as a Christian, uh, this is an exciting evening for me personally, uh, getting to witness someone being welcomed into our faith. And I've gotten the chance to be, to be able to walk with Alex these past few months as he has journeyed to his baptism. And I'm inspired by your love, your joy, and your enthusiasm for our Lord Jesus and for the church. And I hope that as you continue in your walk with the Lord, that your love, joy, and enthusiasm continually grows. Know that being a Christian, while it is a life of self-sacrifice, and yes, it can be difficult, is a life of continual discovery and joy. And know that this church family here tonight, we love you and we look forward to what Christ will do in your life. And church family, this is the night, our feast of Passover, in which our true Passover lamb, our Paschal lamb, was slain, and where our bondage of death and sin is broken, in which our ancestors were brought out of Egypt, and where heaven and earth are joined, and where we are reconciled to God. How beautiful this night truly is. I remember experiencing my first Easter vigil in high school, in which the church was darkened like it was in here tonight. People were holding their candles. Incense was billowing from a thurible that had been used to bless the Paschal candle. And the chanting of that exultet, the chant that we heard at the beginning of our service tonight, which is just another word in Latin for rejoice. When this beautiful and ancient hymn was first sung, I thought I had been transported into a mystical world into the mystical world of Tolkien, or as a good Anglican, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Thinking of that triumphal Aragon or Asland, that first service of Easter Vigil for me was very magical. And I think that's the point. The, this night is supposed to feel mystical. And yes, dare I say, magical. We are experiencing something out of time and space, something old, very old, and yet something very new, something of this world 
and not of this world. The point and really the mystical reality is that tonight our world and the world of heaven become one. In this ancient of all liturgical services in which all of our liturgical services of the year flow from, we witness the great triumph and return of our long-awaited risen king who on this night inaugurates his new reign of the heavenly kingdom here on earth, who tonight invites us to help build a renewed earth and a reign of peace to dwell amongst every tribe, nation, and of the whole of creation. It is in this vigil liturgy that Alex has become a part of this family And through your dying and being raised with Christ and baptism, you are welcomed into this fellowship. And so with Alex becoming a part of this family, through baptism, through Jesus' death and resurrection, Christians, us here tonight, are grafted into the family of Israel. We become one with our Jewish siblings in a renewed Israel. And I want to emphasize tonight with with the rise of anti-Semitism in this country, much due to many of our fellow Christians' hands, that we are welcomed into the family of Israel this night. And we are not made to be something more special or superior, but we are connected to our Jewish brothers and sisters through Christ tonight. So what does this mean for you, Alex? And what does this mean for all of us tonight? What does it mean to be a part of the family and the story of Israel? It means that we join that great cloud of witnesses, of our ancestors, and we are transformed, as it says in the Hebrew scriptures, as a nation of priests, a priestly people, ordained to transform and renew the world by proclaiming the good news of the resurrection and healing the world by proclaiming salvation. In a sense, we are blessed here this night to be a blessing to the world. As with our Israelite ancestors, through the Red Sea waters of baptism, Alex, and our renewing of our baptism, we are made a chosen people. And like the priests, prophets, and monarchs in the Hebrew scriptures, We are anointed with oil. You were anointed with oil this night, Alex. And through that, we all are made priests, prophets, and monarchs to minister through the power of the Holy Spirit to this world in building the kingdom of God. Each one of us is anointed to participate in this threefold ministry, but to what end? And it is simply this to participate fully in the new creation, the new society that is inaugurated in Christ's death and glorious resurrection, which we celebrate this night. It is on this night that we, along with Christ, are coordinated, ordained, and commissioned to live into this new heavenly kingdom by living into our threefold ministry of priests, prophets, and monarchs. As priests, And I don't mean just the order of priests in our church or this priest want to be up here. 
I mean all of us. As priests, we offer our hearts, our souls, and our bodies in daily silence and adoration, searching out the mystery of God and sacrificing ourselves so that we may be transformed through Christ into Christ, our great high priest. Our other priestly task, like my friend and brother seminarian over here, Jimmy, is so good at emulating. It's to tend and it's to care for this garden of earth by stewarding and cultivating this newly inaugurated Eden that we have been blessed to call home. We, all of us, then offer back this creation in the form of bread and wine to God, who is so generous and loving and full of compassion that he presents it back to us, not just as simple food and drink, but he transforms it into the living word of God, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus nourishes us so that we may be renewed and restored to the fullness of life so that that we can continue with Jesus in building his kingdom here on earth. As monarchs, this is a weird kind of thing that's put out there, but as monarchs, we derive our examples from the Hebrew scriptures. The task of a monarch is not just to judge, but it's to discern and develop wisdom and practical human understanding, as Archbishop Rowan Williams states. It is the ability to have the vision, a vision, and to dream with others a plan to know how to obtain it, to be able to speak to the people that we need to speak with about building this vision. And it's to govern rightly and to humble ourselves continuously before God and our neighbors, even if that means washing to the feet of those who we serve as Christ commands us. As monarchs, our task is to work and govern through Christ's kingship for the light and justice of God. This kingship works to make the highest of human and divinely inspired ideals into reality. Ideals that we're not so uncommon from hearing. Ideals such as that all men are created equal, that by their creator they are endowed with certain unalienable rights. Or that famous poem that is on the Statue of Liberty, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. We see this type of governing in multiple ways, such as Alex's commitment to leadership in the Scouts, or our parishioner Rick, who sat on the Plains Zoning Commission, which met in our parish hall this past Thursday, and resembles, as Wesson puts it, as that old New England town meeting. Our very own Trevor Potter, who has worked passionately in preserving the very republic that we hold dear in this country. Prophets, as Archbishop Williams states, are people who tell the truth and declare what our society needs to hear. When I think of prophets, I, th I think of Martin Luther King, Jonathan Daniels, who was a seminarian like myself, who was killed in the civil rights era, or a person like Dorothy Day. As prophets, we are called to speak out against godlessness, the not seeing of Christ and all persons, as our baptismal covenant states, and to speak out against injustices, violence, and inequality, 
and racism in whatever place they find themselves in. Prophets are the checks and balances of this earthly kingdom of God. They call us to turn back and to remember our calling to the mission of God for each and every one of us. Prophets are also to speak of the hope that is found in the resurrection of Christ. The good news that Christ has conquered death and has called us to live in a new reality. Not one in which body and mind, heaven and earth are separated. No, it's to speak of a new reality in which we remember this night that we are fully united with God and heaven has come to dwell here on earth. This is our call as Christians. This is what it means to follow Jesus by our threefold ministry as priests, prophets, and monarchs. This is what our ancestors of faith who travel with us this night call us to live out. And so as we remember our call as Christians this night and mark this holiest of services, let us also enter a space of holy remembering as our Hebrew brothers and sisters have done for generations and still do today. So I want all of us for just a little bit to to close our eyes If you'll close your eyes with me. Let's remember all those who have gone in faith before us and have built Christ's kingdom on this earth. Think of all the people that have worshipped in this space and who have celebrated this liturgy and who have also led us into deeper faith. And see, they are present with us here tonight. They are not gone away into some distant place in the skies, but they are the great cloud of witness that is with us tonight. May they continue to be present with us in this space and in our hearts, the love that they have shared with us and how they have shown that to us through their witness. May they support us as we walk together to this Paschal Feast, where Alex will join us for the first time fully tonight. May they also give us the courage and strength to announce to the world that is so longing for life, that Christ is risen from the dead, that he is trampled over death by death, and to challenge death by saying, Where is thy sting? O hell, where is thy victory? For our God is not dead. He is alive. So church family, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Happy Easter to each and every one of you. God bless you. Amen.